0: Okay, Okay. as you can tell, we are live with people here. Go ahead and make more noise. We're in week three of this series, which is called A New World, because we are talking about beginning a new world. Uh, We are talking about can we go down volume just a little bit on the in-person? We're talking about uh, when we go back to normal, when we go back to our lives, when we go back to, or go to college, or go back to school next year, just starting things fresh, starting things in, in a new way, starting things better than they were before. There are a lot of things that we're gonna do the same, a lot of things we want to be the same, but there should be a lot of things that we want to do differently, a lot of things that, that we want to share differently, a lot of things that, that we want to, to show love in a different way. And so each week of this series, I'm talking about that. Ways to build a new world. Not just to go back to the way things were, not just to be the way things were, not just to be the way you were, but to be better, to treat people better, to love people better. Uh, One of the things I'll probably say each week is we've learned, hopefully over this last year, that different people uh, feel differently in different situations, which sounds really stupid, but I promise I have a point. So there are a lot of people who, over the past year, they're very outgoing and very, uh, they want to be around people. They need to be around people. They have that need just to witness or to share or to hug or to to talk, to hang out. And so over the last year, it's been really hard for them. And they've, some have gone into depression. Some have just felt tremendous sadness. Some have just, you know, kind of felt lost. Now, there are a lot of people more like me who, who over the last year, have been like, yeah, this has been my life. Uh, and so, I hope that we develop an understanding for each of those groups of people, and not just go back and be like, hey, this is how everybody should be, but be like, hey, how can we minister to each other? How can we love each other? How can we help each other to go forward with that understanding, with that mental health understanding, with just trying to be better, trying to help each other, trying to lift each other up? How can we do better as a church? How can we do better as a youth group? How can we do better individually? How can we do better in school? How can we do better all across the board? Um, A lot of things have changed. A lot of things have been different. Uh, This year, if you watch the NBA, they're doing like a play-in game. It turns out that that's way better than it was before. And it's a really cool situation that makes less tanking and more teams involved. Uh, Taking it to this level, like in, in youth, obviously before we started at five and we went to seven. And like we began with like the game and stuff. And then we had message and then we had group. I really like how this has been. I really like starting with the message and then having the whole next hour. So you have these two different focuses. And so there are things we can learn. Um, some of you who went through a lot of virtual schooling, you're like, yeah, I learned that I hate virtual schooling. Some of you are like, I've learned that I learn better when I kind of have a chance to think for myself. And so hopefully there's all of these things that we can think about. But one of the things that I want to touch on this week, the thing that I want to focus on this week is, regardless of whether you're going to college uh, or starting middle school, starting high school, anything else, uh, being an adult, uh, whatever it is, it's important to know what you believe. And it's important to know why you believe that. And there are a bunch of reasons for that. You're told that your whole lives, I think. But when you go to college, when you go off out into the world, you're going to come up against uh, with people that, that believe differently, that think differently, that have different questions. And, and some will just be truly interested in what you think. But if you don't have those answers, and nobody has all the answers, but if you're not able to say, well, this is what I believe, then they're like, well, you don't really believe anything, do you? Or uh, some people will try to trick you. Some people will try to manipulate you. Or... For some people, you're going to be like, well, this is what they believe. So I understand what I believe and we can really relate. We can find a middle ground. We can talk. We can build this relationship. We can be together. I can know what I believe. And so that's so important to have faith and then to know why. And so I'm going to Hebrews 11, 1 through 6, and it starts with faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Through their faith, the people in days of old earned a good reputation. By faith we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command. Uh, That what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. So we start with faith. Faith is what we can't see. Having faith is knowing that your belief cannot be proven in this life. And and, you know, faith doesn't just apply to our faith. Uh, We have faith that when you uh, turn on a light switch, that the light will come on. Now there's scientific principles in there, but It's like not everybody that turns out a light knows how it works. Not everybody that starts a car knows how it works. Definitely not everybody that drives a car knows how to drive. But like all these things, we have faith that these things will happen. We have faith that that we'll get up the next morning. We have faith that we'll see people. All of these things. But our faith is this hope for a better life. This hope that there's better out there. This hope that that God is there, that we have this relationship that we can build forward. And then from that, we have our belief in, in what we believe. And so before I go on, I want to talk about kind of the three levels of faith. And I don't mean that in like a school way. I mean that in a there are essentially three groups. So there's dogma and there's doctrine and then there's personal conviction. And so dogma is what if you're a Christian, these things are vital to your faith. These are what all Christians should believe, regardless of denomination, regardless of whether you go to church, regardless of, of where you are in the world. Dogma is that uh, that. The, the, God is whole. God is perfect. God is everything. Dogma is that Jesus uh, died for our sins. That, That because he died for our sins, we are given grace in his love to be able to choose him, to be able to go to heaven. These things are dogma. These things are are what we believe as Christians. These things are who we are. Whether you go into a Baptist church or a Nazarene church or a a non denominational church or whatever, you talk to anybody on the street that's a Christian, these are things that we all believe. These are the things that our faith is based on. And knowing that is important. Knowing the difference is important. Uh, And then you go to doctrine. Doctrine is essentially central to each denomination, sometimes it's to each church. Uh, Doctrine can vary wildly. But it's never anything that's salvation based. And by that, I mean what we believe in dogma, what we believe about Jesus, about who he is, about how he saved us. That's the stuff that that we follow him on. Doctrine is more of a choice. And now uh, I don't know how much you guys know about denominations, but obviously there are different denominations. We're in a Methodist church. And so there's a doctrine for Methodists. There's a doctrine for Nazarenes, a doctrine for Baptists, etc. And what that is, is they've come together and they're leaders of the church way back in the past. are like, this is what, how we translate the Bible. This is how we feel we should worship together. Uh, and, and it can be different. It can be fairly close. Uh, most of the people that I've mentioned, except for Baptists, they follow the Wesleyan uh, holiness doctrine, I guess is how I would say. it. And so we all kind of have that, that same central view. But doctrine is stuff that can be different. So uh, let's see if I can think of some. So doctrine would be like uh, in some churches, they believe that the only way someone should be baptized is a baby. They believe that, you know, that's that's setting up the baby for salvation and it's giving them this basis for faith. Some churches believe, you know, that's OK if you want to do that, but you should make a choice like it should be when you choose to get baptized. Uh, now, those things are doctrine. Those things differ. Some people are, are like, hey, you know what? I think that uh, we should be a contemporary service, or I think we should be a traditional service. And those things are a little doctrine-based, a little personal-based. You can go into crazy territory. But doctrine are these things, and I'm not saying they're unimportant, because you know, this is how, if we didn't have doctrines, then everybody would kind of be in the same church, and everybody would fight about all the, the small things all the time. And so when you're out in the world as a Christian, you're going to run into people who see things slightly different than you, who have slightly different beliefs. But it's that dogma that we focus on and knowing the difference, knowing that, for example, uh, we believe part of dogma is we believe that Jesus will come back one day. Uh, Part of doctrine is when or or. Uh, and so, like some people believe, it'll be at the beginning of tribulation. Some people believe it'll be middle, after whatever. That does not matter to your salvation. It's important, and it matters to to knowing more and understanding more. And, and but that's something that you can be guided into believing. But as long as you believe that he will come back, you know that's good. And so, dogma is the stuff that that really—that's the vital stuff that you should know. And you should know your doctrine, and, and you should know like what what your denomination is, because. You know, maybe as you go out, you're like, oh, well, this one fits a little more to to what I believe. But it's still Bible is central. That's the important thing. And then you get into personal, into the conviction. And this one is kind of the hardest and the easiest to understand. Because personal conviction is when you feel something that the spirit laid upon you. Uh, On you Sunday, our topic is going to be divine encounters, like encounters you've had with God, encounters you've had in, in, in just God's presence where you felt that in a different way. And there are times where you feel like this just is not right for me. And just for example, using a couple examples, let's say that somebody uh, only believes that Christian music is the only thing they should listen to. They don't believe that everybody else should be just like them. They don't believe that everybody else is a sinner for not listening to it. But that's like, this is where I feel really wrong if I don't just listen to this. Or I feel really wrong if I don't just listen to Australian pop music. Or I feel really wrong if I don't just whatever. Like it's just what you feel convicted on. Now, where that could go wrong is if you're like, hey, I think that Christians are only Christians if they wear a tie or a dress. Or I think that Christians are only Christians if they wear this color, if they look like this or whatever. That goes from personal conviction to judgment. Uh, Personal conviction. So here's one that applies to me a little bit Uh, on Sunday mornings. And here, and I love this about here, especially in the contemporary, but both services, you can wear what you want. And I think that's important because I think God is just interested in you and your heart. And so what you wear, it's what you wear. I personally was raised in a way that I could not walk into a church wearing shorts for like a Sunday morning. That doesn't mean that it's wrong. I don't think it's wrong. But it's just for me, I hear my great grandma and just the teachings and stuff. And it's like, no, no, no. But again, that's not wrong, and I don't think anybody else is wrong, and that's important. But for me, it's personally something that matters. I don't think that it's something that should matter to other people. Uh, The music thing, it's something that matters to you. It's something that you've been touched by. Uh, Language. Like, not just the language you use, but the language you can see on TV or in songs. Like, some people are, like, censored all the way. And again, the important thing is that you realize this is a personal thing. This is a personal thing to you. a, A thing that you know matters to you, that it's been revealed to you, but that you don't hang that on anyone else. And that's what's important here. Now, another important thing about personal conviction before we go on, it is never, ever. God is never, ever going to tell you to hate or hurt anyone else. That's never going to be a personal conviction. You can't use that as an excuse, as a crutch and be like, yeah, well, I've just been convicted that I need to hate them or I've been convicted that I just don't like them or that they're always evil or whatever, that's never a conviction. It's only time a personal conviction is a personal conviction is when it brings you closer to him. And so it's important that you know those two. And where it gets tricky is you can't really necessarily match that to anybody else. And do people abuse it? Absolutely. Do people misunderstand it? Absolutely. But that's why it's important to have people around you could be like, okay, well, let's talk about this. Why do you feel this way? How do you feel this way? How does this enhance your faith? Because that's what they do. And it's important to know the difference of these. It's important to know what your faith is. It's important to know why you go here for a lot of you. If I were to ask you, maybe not this year, but in years past, just as you're growing up, why do you go to youth at Faith Community Methodist? Because my parents dropped me off here. Because we heard that the youth pastor was going to be cool, then we found out he wasn't, but still, we're here. Whatever the reason, like, hopefully that changes as you go. Uh, if I were to talk to Rob, Carol, myself, Terry, Jason, whoever else is here that's an adult. When you first start going to church, regardless of when that is, your reasons are different than when you've been there a long time. Your faith is going to be different when you're a, a new Christian, whether that's as a kindergartner, or a fifth grader, high schooler, whatever, than it is when you've been a Christian for a long time. Because you grow in that faith. But all of that comes back to knowing that, to knowing yourself, to knowing your relationship. And by knowing your relationship, you can love other people. You can help them be like, okay, well, this is my relationship. Let's talk about you. And not holding them to that. I've been places, I've been around people who they think the way they do things is the only way there is to do them. Some of you guys could talk about that too, where it's like, It feels more like a dictatorship than than a faith. Now, again, you don't get into, well, they think that I shouldn't murder people, and that's not fair. I want to do what makes me happy. That's dumb. But knowing what you believe is also knowing that free will matters. That while we do absolutely believe in a heaven and a hell, we believe in following God and loving him, and that's the way to heaven... We also believe that people have the right to choose. And our life, the way we live that, the way we show our faith, the way we know our belief, that's how they can see to make those choices. Going on to the next part here. Uh, It was by faith that Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God than Cain did. Abel's offering gave evidence that he was a righteous man and God showed his approval of the gifts. Although Abel is long dead, he still speaks to us by his example of faith. It was by faith that Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. He disappeared because God took him. Uh, For before he was taken up, he was known as a person who pleased God. And it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. It was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. He obeyed God who warned him about things uh, that, he had never, that had never happened before. By his faith, Noah condemned the rest of the world, and he received the righteousness that, the righteousness that came by faith. Uh, I'm going to go more on this. This is from Hebrews 11, which is essentially, we look at it as like the hall of fame of faith, kind of. It's like a bunch of people from the Bible before this, where we know the stories, we've heard the stories, and there are people who knew their faith. And each of these, Abel knew what he believed. His life was short, and he was killed because someone else didn't like what he believed. They didn't like what it made him feel about it, but it did not change him. It did not change who he was. And I would imagine that if you were go to heaven and talk to him, he would say, I wouldn't change anything. Because I was doing what was right. And that's important to know because you can do everything right. You're not going to, but you can do everything right. You can treat everyone with love, and I hope you do. You can treat everyone with respect, and I hope you do. And some people are just going to hate you. And it's so hard. It's so hard to be hated, but it's even harder to be hated when there's no reason for it. When people are just against you because they want to be against you. And there's, you're like, I've treated them with respect. I've treated them with kindness. I've not been a jerk. Why? I can't tell you. I can tell you it's happened to me. I can tell you it still happens to me. I can tell you that it happened to Jesus. But that does not change who you are. And that's not a part of your faith. Your faith is who you are. How people respond to it, that's beyond your control. You just do your best. And then we go to to Enoch, and some of you guys have probably heard the story. Some of you probably hadn't. Uh, Long story short, he lived his faith according to God. He did everything he could to be a man of God, and then he went up to heaven without dying. That's a crazy thing. That's a crazy thing that only happened twice in the Old Testament. And it's something that's like, well, how? Why? God had a purpose. That was the purpose. It's different for him. You have people like Moses who lived for God, but then they didn't get, they had to die first and they didn't get to go into the promised land. And it's like, but they still lived for God. Did they go to heaven? Yeah. Why was it different? Why was their reward different? I don't know. Because it's not about the reward, that's good. But it's about who you are. And we all are going to have different callings. We all are going to have different things. You can believe the exact same thing as everyone else and then how that plays out can be different. But that's because we can all reach different people. That's because we can all help different people. Uh, I was talking before to the people that showed up for the youth leadership volunteer thing. And next time we do it, if you didn't come, you still can. not But I was talking about how a lot of youth pastors, and I've lived with this comparison my entire life. I look at it and I see it and I'm like, man, they're so much more fun than me. They're like so outgoing and they just walk around and they shoot people in the face with water and get everybody to have fun. I don't know why I thought that was fun, but whatever. And they're like, they're so jumpy and dancy and just excited and all of these things. And I'm like, that's just, I'm not that. Why aren't I that? Well, I don't, I, my answer is because I can reach people in a different way. Because I have an understanding of mental health that other people don't. Because I have an understanding of people who struggle with being introverted, with anxiety that other people don't. That doesn't mean that I'm worse or better than the other people because they have an understanding of just Fun that I don't. Just different kind of fun. That does not mean that either of us are doing it right or wrong. It means that God has a different path for each of us. And so maybe you're living your faith and you have a friend who's living their faith and you both believe the same things, but you look at it differently and how you, how you talk about it and how you share about it. You still treat everybody with love and respect, but it's like, why is this so different? Well, because it's different. Each of the disciples was different. Every Christian in the history of time has been different. Because if everybody was the same, the world would kind of be boring. And so it's all in that love. It's all in understanding what you believe and then going from there. Because if you base what you believe, if you base your faith on how other people do it, that's not going to work. Because that's always going to change. And then it goes into Noah. The thing I like about Noah, and you know, we all know that story probably better than any other. He looked crazy. And I don't just mean that his hair was all over the place and his beard was everywhere. I'm saying he looked crazy to people. Uh, there are arguments theologically, whether it had ever rained before that moment or what floods looked like before that moment. But for a guy to be out there building this giant boat, and I know that your picture is probably, unless you've been to the Creation Museum or you've seen the movie or you've figured out the dimensions. A lot of us picture like this little tiny boat and it's like the little smiling lion is poked out the window. That's not how it worked. This was a gigantic like town-sized boat. And while he's out there building it, at first you can't even tell it's a boat probably. It's like, what's he doing? then it starts to look like a boat. Like, what are you doing? We're not near the water. And yet he kept doing it. People are gonna think you're crazy sometimes. They're going to think it's weird that you go to youth stuff. They're going to think it's weird that you go to church. They're going to think it's weird that you don't judge other people. They're going to think it's weird that you don't manipulate. They're going to think it's weird that you don't hate. They're going to think it's weird you don't get involved in social media arguments. I'm not saying you never will cuz everybody messes up, but they're going to think it's weird. They're going to think you're crazy. I went to college way too much cuz I have a lot of college loans, but I went to college and I made the decision early. I'm like I'm not I'm not about the partying stuff. Like it holds no interest to me and I that's who I am. And so I didn't go out and party, and I played a lot of video games. Uh, I hung out with the people that I hung out with, and mostly we played video games, watched sports, stuff like that, but I didn't go out to the parties, to the frats, to things like that. And absolutely, people are like, you're crazy. Why didn't you get drunk on your 21st birthday? Why didn't you go to that party? Why didn't you cut that class? Whatever. I was convicted in that way. Whatever it is for you, like people are going to think you're crazy for studying more. People are going to think you're crazy for being nice. People are going to think you're crazy for going out with your parents. Whatever it is that that you feel makes people judge you, they're going to. And here's the thing, we can all say, well, that's not fair, I shouldn't be judged. Unfortunately, we tend to judge other people who do things differently than us too. But we shouldn't. And that's what God is. That's what our faith is. Going to the next part of the scripture. It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. Uh, he went without knowing where he was going and even when he reached the land God promised him, he lived there by faith for he was like a foreigner living in tents. In tents, not intensely. Uh, And so did Isaac and Jacob, who inherited the same promise. Abraham was confidently looking forward to to a city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. It was by faith that Sarah was able to have a child. Though she was barren and too old, she believed that God would keep his promise. And so a whole nation came from this one man who is as good as dead, a nation with so many people that like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore, there is no way to count them. So Abraham and Sarah... I wanted to read this part because they screwed up. They're in this because they followed God and they did their best and they came back to him, but they were not perfect. And that's the other thing. Knowing what you believe does not mean you're going to be perfect. You're not going to be perfect. Again, the adults can tell you, you're going to mess up and sometimes you're going to mess up and you're going to realize it immediately. You're going to be like, oh man, how did I do that? Sometimes you're going to realize it for a couple years. You're like, oh, whoa. But then you pick that up, you learn from it and you move forward. Abraham and Sarah... They followed God. They believed His promises. They went out when they were supposed to, but they also lied a couple times. And they lost their faith a couple times. Not necessarily in God, but just in what was going to happen. And so why are they in this? Because everybody messes up. And I've said this before, and I'll say this again. Don't take that as an excuse where it's like, well, I can go do whatever I want, and I can go kill people, and I can go be a jerk, and then I'll just ask for forgiveness, and I'm good, because everybody messes up. No, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, when you are trying your best, you're going to mess up. You're going to accidentally insult somebody. You're going to argue too much. You're going to hurt somebody's feelings. You're going to do something that affects somebody else negatively. And you're going to feel bad about it. And it's good that you feel bad about it. Abraham and Sarah, they learned from it. Learn from your mistakes. Learn from your problems. Learn from the things that you do wrong and grow from them. That's part of knowing what you believe too. Knowing that we serve a God of forgiveness. We serve a God who died for us. And gave us this chance. And then remember that for everybody else too. Uh, I don't know if I've said this before. I probably have. There is an old saying in Hollywood back in the day. uh, Like vaudeville stuff. Where... Uh, If I'm walking along the street and I see Nate fall in a manhole, it's funny. If I'm walking along the street and I stub my toe, that's tragedy. See what I'm saying? So like when something happens to us, that sucks. Nobody should laugh at that. When something happens to somebody else, eh, whatever. And we all have that impulse at first. But that applies to our faith too. And I think that we all kind of go like, oh, well, I messed up, but they're going to forgive me. Or I need to do this better, but they're going to understand. But then when somebody else does something different than what we want or what we expect, it's like, no, no, no. You've got to be perfect. It's not what Jesus did. We do our best and we love, and that's part of our belief too, is giving grace, just like we received grace. Last part of the scripture. All these people died still believing what God promised them. They did not receive what was promised. Uh, they did not receive what was promised, but they saw it with a distance and welcomed it. They agreed that they were foreigners and nomads here on earth. Obviously, people who say such things are looking forward to a country they can call their own. If they had longed for a country they came from, uh, they could have gone back. But they were looking for a better place, a heavenly homeland. This is why God is not ashamed to be called their God, for He was, has prepared a city for them. We all came from somewhere. 2019 and before, that was a different time for all of us. We have a chance. We have a chance to start fresh in a lot of different ways. Not just scheduling, not just in how much you study, but again, in how we treat each other and how we look at each other and how we understand each other and how we give grace to each other. We have a chance to be better. This talks about how all of those people, they died. That's sadly the end story for all of us. But when you follow Jesus, when you do your best, it's just the beginning of the end story. But during that time, you're going to have ups, you're going to have downs. I would love to tell you that if you do your absolute best and you follow Jesus and you give him your complete heart and you just always show love, that your life would be perfect. And you'd have no debt, you'd have no trouble, people would all like you, you'd get all the jobs you wanted, you'd get all the good grades, you'd win all the games, all the concerts, whatever. It's not going to happen. I would love to tell you it would happen. What I can tell you is if you know who you are and you know what you believe and you live that faith, even in the downs, you're going to know that there's more for you. You're going to know that you have a purpose. You're going to know that you have a home. You're going to know that you have a place. You're going to know that there's a better way. And what I want to see us do as we go forward into the new world is to let other people know that too. Not just so we can get them to go to church, not to convert them, but to show them who Jesus is. To plant that seed so that he can talk to them. To do our best. And here's the kicker. Here's the hard one. To love people even if they don't choose to go our way. To show them that love still. To still help people who are different. To still show respect to people that are different. Not to change our faith because that doesn't change who we are. But to show the truth of our faith. That it doesn't change. That it is strong and goes forward no matter what. And then other people will notice that. And some people will never accept it. And that's on them. We don't hate them or judge them for that. We show them that love. And we go for it in a new world, in a new way, together. That's how we can do this. And this is the chance. There's going to be other chances. I'm not saying that if you don't do it next August, that it's never going to happen. What I'm saying is we have this chance where everything is kind of starting all over again. To do things differently. And that's what this series is about. And as we finish this the next couple weeks, I want you to take that and really think about it. Not necessarily the words that I say, but think about how can I do better? How can I show people more love? How can I be better? And then do that. Because you know where you come from. You know your belief. You know your faith. And you know that no one else can affect that. But by giving your all to Him, that can grow. And it can affect others. That's all I got.